Welcome to the Ark Stories Podcast. Ark Stories are true, personal, and told in person at Ark Stories events by the people who live them. Our podcast brings recordings of those stories straight to you for your listening enjoyment. I'm your host, story coach, Chris Kinsley. Valentine's Day was just a few days ago, and depending on your relationship status, this was either a day of celebration or possibly a day of anguish. But even if you're part of the first group and you spent this past Valentine's Day in romantic ecstasy, chances are you still share something in common with those of us in the latter group. And that's because we all know what it's like to be unlucky in love. Sometimes this bad luck is thrust upon us. Other times, it is a result of our own making. So to help us all in our Valentine's Day recovery, we're bringing you two such stories on the podcast today. This first story was originally told in an event we hosted back in 2013 where the theme was My First Time Stories About New Experiences. But this recording actually comes from an event from this past year where our theme was Do Over, Stories from the Vault. In this story, our teller throws caution to the wind in one particular pursuit as a metaphor for what he's doing in another. You'll see what I mean. Here's storyteller Reed Lockett. All right, so there, there are two things probably about me that you need to know in order for um, the story to, parts of it to make any sense at all. The first part, uh, the first thing about me is that I, I'm a very cautious person. Um, I always have been extremely cautious. Uh, that when, when I was a child, our extended family took a trip to Panama City, and there's, there's a videotape um, back when that was a new thing. Uh, it still exists to this day. I wish it didn't, but um, where all the cousins went and rode go-karts, and uh, the camera was set up in a, in a turn, and you could hear all of the go-karts coming in just one, you know, this big Doppler effect, kind of like zoom, zoom, and here come all of the cousins and my younger brother, and they all pass, and then you could, minutes later, you could hear just like this, and here, then into the frame comes the front of my go-kart, and then many frames later, the middle part of my go-kart, and I very cautiously around there, because like I said, the, the video camera was set up in the turn, uh, which is where I assumed, you know, most go-kart accidents would happen, so... <laughs> Very careful through that part of the track. Years later, um, this is you know a true story. I was I was pulled over uh, in Vestavia for the you know under suspicion of drunk driving because I was just driving too slowly, just <laughs> too too slowly. Um, so so I've always you know I've always been a very cautious person. My younger brother, uh, on the other hand, is not at all a cautious person. He not not even a little bit. He has tattoos. Uh, he has a motorcycle. Um, when he was in high school, he participated in school plays, which is the least cautious person, um, or least cautious thing that a person can do. So he's he's very different, you know, from me. And at a young age, maybe I don't know, eight or so, uh, he developed this really, you know, unnatural uh, fascination with skydiving. And, um, 
And for some reason, I, don't, I can't, to this day can't figure out why, my parents did not discourage this. Um, and in fact, even encouraged. This is probably the same thing that led them to get him a drum set for Christmas one year, which is just a, like, that's parenting 101. You don't buy your kid a drum set. Um, but they did. And so Will was very interested in skydiving. And we used to, as a family, have to go, um, like on a weekly basis, it seemed, uh, to Penson, um, and if you've, you know, if you've ever, no offense to Penson, but it's, you know, it's like the, it's like the armpit of the Western hemisphere. It's just the, you know, a terrible, <laughs> terrible place. And we would have to go at, to Penson, um, and just stare at the sky and watch people jump out of planes. Um, and this was something that interested me not at all, um, on any level, but we did that a lot. And in, in Alabama, I guess the, the law, I, I guess there are laws about this, the law is you can't jump out of an airplane until you turn 16 years old. And so sure enough, uh, the day Will turned 16, he jumped out of an airplane um, and, and started doing that just on a regular basis. So he's not at all cautious. Um, and so at this time, you know, there's four years of difference. He's 16, I was 20 at the time. And he, this is the part that starts to get confusing given what you know about me. Um, he convinced me to also to jump out of an airplane. Um, you know, as a tandem jump, which is, you know, where you're tied to another person. I don't know if any of you have ever done this before, but, but I agreed to do it because even though I am a cautious person, I am, am not a wuss uh, publicly, you know, so. <laughs> You know, and this was my kid brother who was doing this on a regular basis. So I said, yes, I'll certainly, I'll do that. That's fine. And I, you know, I just assumed that'll be fine because I'm not the one in charge of any of that. I'm just tied to the guy who knows what to do. And what's gonna happen? What are the, you know, what's gonna happen? So I agreed. And you know, as you know, I don't remember how much time it was between the time when I agreed to do this and when it was set up to, to go do the thing, but I, I'm sure I had you know misgivings and second thoughts and all that. But in, but the other thing you should know about me um, is that I'm I'm a very commitment oriented person. Once I've committed to something, I, I'm I'm very hesitant to you know go back on that thing or stop that thing or admit that I was wrong about that thing. Um, and luckily for me, I'm very rarely wrong. As my wife can tell you, I'm very, <clears throat> very rarely wrong about anything. Um, and so that works. The, seven months ago, there was, I thought I was wrong about this thing. In turn, I was mistaken, was not. So uh, luckily, <laughs> I don't have to go back on things very often, which is good because I'm opposed to doing that. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do that thing. All right, so I, we go to Pell City, uh, which is where this is happening nowadays. And it's not, you know, it's if not a step up from Pinson, it's a, it's a step over. Uh, <laughs> from, it's, a little, it's a little more scenic um, than Pinson. And we go to Pell City. Um, this other thing was set for a Sunday morning. And you, you know, I, I don't remember a lot honestly about uh, many of the aspects of the, of the experience because it's, it's very surreal. You're wondering, I, 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 
most of the time, if I try to think about it, I put it in the context of like someone on death row or um, like a firing squad, maybe. That's like the sort of feeling you might have before you're you know, being shot up by a firing squad where you're just like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, but what, what are you gonna do? You gotta accept it, you know, you just gotta... So, um, so we go there to the place and, and you know, little things I remember, like they put you in this jumpsuit, I guess, I don't know what, it's, it's comical, it's ridiculous, it's not the right size, it's way too tight, and um, it goes over your clothes, it's just so stupid, and you just think this, like, this is probably what, this, you know, actually, in retrospect, I think Will probably did that on purpose, I think he probably chose that, and um, anyway, whatever. So, you're wearing this stupid jumpsuit, and there's a video they show you, it's like, here's how to skydive, and um, there's a video, and and then you get tied to the guy, and, they, and there are a lot of straps. So it's a very intimate process of putting on the, um, which I was un, you know, un, uncomfortable with on some levels, but also I was pleased about that because I'm a very cautious person, and I wanted to know that I was securely, I didn't want to become that old flappy lady you know, that you've seen the video of who like falls out of the rig, and yeah, I didn't want that to happen. Um, so I felt comforted by all these, uh, in, you know, straps um, and we get in the airplane uh, that is it looks like the kind of airplane that you you think like we may have to jump out of this uh, there's not this may not even be a these are not it's not a Learjet you don't you know this is a very small airplane with no seats like there's I think the pilot might have had a seat um, everybody else you just cram in you're just and you and you climb uh, you know I don't, I don't remember what the elevation or altitude, I guess is what you call it. I don't remember exactly what that was, but you get up to altitude and, and you know, the door opens and you're tied to this guy and you edge out to the, to the edge and people are falling out of the airplane. And it's very weird. And I, th I don't, and I honestly don't remember if I, cause I don't, I don't feel like we fell out. I feel, I feel like we climbed out. <laughs> and climbed out uh, and were holding on to the airplane. Several, <laughs> it's crazy. Several us holding on to the airplane before it was deemed that like, okay, you let go. Um, so we get, we're holding on. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell it that way. I think that's probably what it was. So we're holding on and it comes time to, to let go and A week before <laughs> this had happened, I, um, as a 20-year-old who was a, a film fanatic and a, you know, big Woody Allen fan and was, had this real, I don't know, romantic view of like, life works like movies work and all this, I had met this girl um, and that was like, on, you know, on a Sunday, so it was seven days before this had happened, and, um, and on Wednesday, pitched the idea of, you know, hey, maybe we should get married. That's what we should do. <laughs> and she was, she was like, you know, awesome and um, troubled. Um, and <laughs> complex, but in a troubled way. And, 
And of course, everyone, except for me, which makes no sense, everyone is frantic and just like, what is, what's going on? And there are all these angry conversations about, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. And this is, you know, and um, so that was that. I was engaged to be married on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> and Saturday night, she overdosed. Um, and you know, intentionally, um, which is a weird thing to, you know, it's a, just a weird thing on every level and something that I was like, well, that's not, in the, that's not in the movie at all. Like, this is a really big problem. And it was just this weird, earth-shattering, horrible kind of, like, oh, man, that's real, real bad. Um, and the next morning, I was going to jump out of an airplane. Um, <laughs> which I had committed to do. And already my family is freaked out about the fact that I'm going to get married to anyone. Uh, and I, you know, so I'm like, well, what am I, what, what's about to happen here? Like, I got to go jump out of this airplane because I, I can't be like, I, I can't jump out of the airplane because my fiance is in the hospital. There's, I mean, it's just, it's like the worst possible it's awful. So, I think, that, I think that's how I met her parents. I think that's how I met her parents. I think that's, that's right. Which is not, not the way that should happen. So, so I go to, go, go to jump out of the airplane. So, I show up. I've already discussed the ridiculous outfit they put you in. And I mentioned the video. So there's a video, right? They, and th this is the training you get, is that you're like, all right, sit down and watch the video. It's on a 13-inch screen. And of course, I'm not paying attention to that video because I've got other stuff to think about. So I'm just in this like, you know, and at some point they're like, and that's the video. And I was like, yep, yeah, all right, good. Because, once again, I'm going to be tied to the guy who knows what to do. So I don't, I don't need a stupid video. So we get to the part where you're going to let go of the airplane. And we do. And it turns out the video is very important. <laughs> very important. Because <laughs> what it what they cover in the video is how to keep you and the other person from flipping wildly out of control. And it's just basics of aerodynamics, but if you're not paying attention, you don't... And so that's what we do. We just flip wildly out of control as we just plummet toward the... And I'm just thinking like, oh, this is... This is how this could get worse, is that we're gonna... <laughs> the whole thing's being videotaped. There's a guy with a camera. And I'm like, this is... <laughs> okay, this is... We'll just, we'll just die, me and this poor guy, that I'm just dragging toward the surface of the... You know, and it's all gonna be on video. It's like I'm... You know, America's most depressing skydiving videos. Um, 
And so Kevin, the guy I'm tied to, gives me a quick refresher. Um, <laughs> right in my ear. This time with a, with a lot more curse words than I think the than I think the video had. I just a lot of so I do the things uh, that I'm supposed to do, and we stabilize, and we stabilize, and you know you kind of at this point this is a much different experience, and you're you're going. He pulls the parachute, and man, that is boy, they don't warn you. Maybe they do. Maybe they do in the video, and I don't, but. They don't warn you about it right in the, in the you know, pelvic area. That you go from really fast to really slow, and it's all right there in the straps that catch him. And so that was, like, very painful and joy. But then you just kind of float peacefully toward, you know, peacefully, and um, you, you, you land awkwardly. You don't, you know... I was hoping for one of those like swooping in or kind of like running along and you know kind of like tiptoeing through the you know you don't do that you just kind of fumble under the ground or once again I, I didn't watch the video so I don't know what I was supposed to do um, and and so then in the you know in the months after the skydive they were you know still engaged to be married because um, I'm I'm very I'm a commitment person um, so. I didn't, you know, I didn't break that off. I didn't, you know. And there were, you know, several other, like, really traumatic events. And I was like, we're going we're gonna to stick this out and make this work. And so, like, seven, you know, years later, we got a divorce. Um, but the thing was that it was, it was this crazy convergence of the beginning of this relationship. And, and, and in a lot of ways, it was a relationship that began just completely out of control, just flipping wildly out of control. But, but I felt like I was, you know, like I'm tied to this person and this is gonna be okay and this, this will work out okay. And, and it was, you know, traumatic and a bad idea. Um, but in the end, you, you sort of go with it and you follow the course of it and you, you fumble sort of at the end a little bit and then you stand up and you say some things, you know, like, oh, that was, was crazy. Um, and you say, like, oh, I'm glad we survived that. And then you, which everyone did. Everyone survived. The, 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 all, the, all the parts of the story, everybody survived. And you, and you walk away and you say, I've, I'm, I'm not going to do that again. And, <laughs> and you, you don't do the skydiving part again and, you've been, you, you do get married again to someone who appreciates the fact that you are almost never wrong about anything. So, so. And, that, and that's the story of the, the first and only time I went skydiving. There you go. Reed Lockney is a teacher and coach as well as a radio and television host along with his brother Will. You can find out more about them at LockamyBrothers.com. Now, if you like listening to people's stories of love gone wrong, you should come out to our next live event. It's going to be February 27th at the Avon Theater here in Birmingham, Alabama. And the theme for the night is Crazy Little Thing, stories about love and relationships. And they're not going to be all ooey-gooey romance workout in the end. A lot of them are going to be just like these.
Now, our last event completely sold out and was standing room only, and we expect this next one to be the same. So if you want to be there, you should get your tickets ahead of time. And it is super easy to do so. You can find out all the details at our website, arcstories.com. Okay, now spoiler alert, things don't work out for our teller in this next story either. However, the problems that arise are purely of her own doing. If any of you have ever gotten physically ill when on a date, or considering a date, or perhaps in the middle of kissing your date, then you are going to love this one. It's from an event we hosted back in November where our theme was Down on Your Luck, Stories for Friday the 13th. Here's storyteller Aaron Moon. Before I met my husband, my dating life was like a perpetual uh, Friday the 13th. Just terrible, unbelievable things happening. Um, I had a I've told a story before about a guy dumping me to be a Catholic priest. Um, I had an ex-boyfriend who stole my car and put mustard-covered kipper snacks under my seat that I didn't find for months. Um, I was asked out by a self-professed vampire. Um, so, like, it's not a pleasant thing for me. Um, but, uh... In high school, you have a lot of hope about these things. You think, oh, love is in the air, and I'm in love with this person that I'm dating at 17, and you're not, and I wasn't, um, but I thought I was. And in high school, I really loved romantic movies, just completely unrealistic expectations for any relationship, much less one that consisted of two 17-year-olds with no money and really bad cars and just wasn't ever going to happen for me. But my favorite was Moulin Rouge because of, it was so dramatic. And like, they were so tortured and there's just anguish in their love. And I thought, that is romance. That is what I need. And so I started dating this guy in high school, and my parents did not like him. And it's probably less about this guy and more about the fact that I was a complete idiot when I was with him and made really stupid decisions. Um, but what my parents kind of failed to remember is that when they come at you with, we just really don't like this guy, and he's, he's just not great for you. What, what they've done is they've solidified a bond, and now we have a common enemy, and we were going to fight them because our love, like the love in Moulin Rouge, would conquer all. Um, it was not to be thwarted by something so silly as the people who birthed me and raised me. So, <clears throat> so when your parents don't like a, a boy that you're dating, um, it makes it really difficult for you to find places to talk. And what I mean by talk is make out. And we couldn't ever find a place that was just like really great to make out. 
And like we had tried the movie theater, but we were a little classier than that. And we had been thrown out of the movie theater twice for that. So we had to find a different place. Um, and so I am really good at applying myself at things that I care about. So I decided that I was gonna find us a great place to go talk and look at the stars. Which is such bull crap. Like, and I even told, I was like, we're gonna, I'm going to find us a great place. We're going to look at the stars. And he was like, okay, that sounds great. So I go with my friend in my 1983, which was the year I was born, uh, Nissan 200SX, with a two-door with a keypad that you could kind of do on the door and purple tinted windows. And we drove out to, I grew up in West Texas, there's nothing, there's just farmland everywhere, ranch land everywhere. Um, so much, so many places for looking at the stars. So I drove out there with a friend. We found, I found like a great place that I felt like would give us a good view. And it was really out there and no one was going to bother us. This was, of course, on some person's land. Um, but that didn't let that stop me. So that night, what, what, our, what our kind of our schedule was, we would go eat at Chili's because we're classy. And uh, then we would go to the movies and we would buy a ticket so that we had evidence that we had been at the movies and then we would not go see that movie. And this was before like you could get a synopsis of the movie. So we had to be really careful kind of how you know, we talked, we talked about really vague terms. So like we pretended to go see Ali with, with Will Smith. My mom was like, how was the movie? I was like, it was about Muhammad Ali. And he had a hard life. You wouldn't believe it, it's just crazy. And <clears throat> I'm sure my mom was like, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, so anyway, we, we went to the movies and then I was like, I have this place, let's go. So he's like, great. So we go to this place, and it's February, and it's freezing outside, and we're in his little Toyota truck, and we begin the making out process, and we're like leaning the seats back, and there's no one to bother us, and it is so awesome for like five minutes, and then I'm like, this is kind of boring. I don't want to do this anymore, and so <clears throat> like 17-year-old, your prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, and so you, you don't make logical decisions. So instead of saying, let's go, I'm done here, this isn't as exciting as I wanted it to be, I just think, maybe I should just pretend to pass out. <laughs> so I did that. <clears throat> and like, he didn't notice it for a second. But I was like real committed to it. I was like, I could stop this. It's not too late to stop it. No. Okay, 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 okay. So I had never passed out. And how do <laughs> you don't know what people look like when you pass out? So I was just kind of laying there like, and he starts to panic. And he's like saying like, Aaron, Aaron, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm not answering. And I'm like, this is, ah, this has gone too far now. And I was, a, and then so like in his, in his like urgency to get me, out of the, you know, star watching area, he gets in his car or he gets on his side of the car and he, you know, he has a stick shift and he guns it and the truck gets stuck in the bar ditch. <clears throat> and so I'm still committed to this performance. So he gets out and I'm just kind of like looking like, what's he doing? Okay. Okay. And 
he comes back in and he's kind of talking to himself. And so I realize that he is really upset. So I kind of, oh, what's happening? <laughs> he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know what happened. He's like, well, the truck is stuck. I need you to push. And so I was like, okay. And so I was like, still like, I want to like, be medically like on my game here. I just pretended to pass out. Like, what does one do? So I was like real weak about it. And I was just like, this, okay, like, yeah, I can push. And I like made this big show of like shoving that down. I'm like, I'm gonna be brave and I'm gonna help you get this car out. Well, that was in vain because the truck was high centered on the bar ditch. So if you don't know what high centered means, basically it means that his little bitty Toyota truck, the middle part of it underneath was stuck and the wheels were not touching the ground. So there's no way we were going anywhere unless we were walking. So <clears throat> we start walking to uh, the nearest house of the man we've been illegally making out on. And uh, we start walking and we're walking and it becomes like really clear that this is not how my boyfriend thought this evening was going to go. And he made that extremely clear to me and I was still trying to I'm just so sorry, I don't know what happened. And, and at this point, like, there are no cell phones. There's no, like, there's no way. I'm, I'm at least 45 minutes past my curfew, and my parents already don't like this guy, so it's, it, there's like, I'm, I feel like impending rage kind of coming towards me from the direction of my parents' home, just so far away. And so we start walking, and we walk, and it's 20 degrees outside. It's like 11 o'clock at night, and we're walking, and the, we finally, like an hour and a half later, get to this guy's front porch and I knock on the door and I'm still like, maybe he won't be so mad if I'm still very weak from passing out. So I kind of, <laughs> kind of limply kind of hang on my boyfriend and he explains the situation and the guy has this, he's like, well, I, get, I don't have the equipment to help you get the truck out. He's like, can you just take us back to town? So <laughs> me... Uh, is this huge farmer wearing only overalls, no shirt, and because we had definitely woken him up and he had just pulled on whatever was convenient. And so he comes and he gets in the driver's seat, my boyfriend's in the middle, and I'm on the side kind of leaning limply against the door. And But it, the truck is so small that the guy is having to shift between my boyfriend's legs. <laughs> and um, so that was really awkward and not, you know, a part of the looking at the stars plan exactly so um we go home and i am completely in just my father is a rage monster at this point he's just like we were so worried about you and where were you and i was like you just wouldn't believe what happened and so i'm making up this story that like we got stuck on the you know on the way back from the movie and it's just falling apart in front of me and and it i got incredibly grounded for a very long time and uh, what I discovered from that and now that I'm I'm 32 and I look back at my teens and 20s and what I thought was bad luck was just really poor decision-making so thank you Aaron Moon is an author producer and one of our other art stories story coaches you can follow her on Twitter at Aaron H Moon Thanks for listening to the Art Stories Podcast. I've been your host, Chris Kinsley, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Chris Kinsley. This podcast is produced by Taylor Robinson and myself. Francisco DeAndrea composed our theme. 
special thanks to Eric Chapman from Symmetric Sound for audio expertise. If you enjoyed today's stories, please subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes, and why not share us with your friends? Also, don't forget to get your tickets for our next event. Again, they're available on our website, arcstories.com. There you can listen to lots of other stories. You can stay up to date with everything we have going on, and you can even submit your own story to tell. After all, we are always asking, what's your story?